ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the most famous words in motorsports with your host, Lugs and the Gas Man. Ladies and gentlemen, start your podcast. Welcome to Wrecking Racing, your NASCAR podcast with your host, the Gas Man and Lugs. Lugs and the gas, lugs and the gas fan sounds much better. This is uh, you know, over a year now, and, and you're still, <laughs> still working on the yeah, intro. I am. <laughs> it's forever gonna be a work in progress. That's all right. Continuous improvement, right? Yes, uh, like like Six Sigma podcast style. Sure. Something like that. Sure. <laughs> so tonight, folks, we are actually uh, thanks to Lugs just a moment ago. We we're sponsoring a. Was it last week or two weeks? Two weeks ago, right? What's that? That Chris Busher ran the Natty Light Strawberry Lemonade pink scheme, Paint Scheme. Oh, I think it was more than that, actually. I think it might have been uh, three or four weeks ago. Maybe it was. I think it was the very start of the West Coast Swing. So anyway, uh, Lugs, I'll post a picture on Facebook and Twitter so you can see it. But anyway, uh, Lugs was nice enough to provide us with some Natty Light Strawberry Lemonade drinks. So cheers to you folks. Yeah, you know that marketing you know gotta yeah, stay brand I mean, loyal yeah and it's all about supporting nascar sponsors they're good enough to support a car we're good enough to support them right yeah let's see how it tastes let's strawberry lemonade beer let's see let's see how it is uh actually not bad not bad yeah, i didn't know what to expect not bad though i think it's gonna give me a lot of burps though it was las vegas by the way so a couple weeks ago okay uh yeah, nice pink can with some yellow undertones. Uh, very smells like strawberry. <laughs> it tastes like strawberry lemonade when you first pull it into your mouth and taste it on your palate, and then it has some nice uh, light beer subtle undertones exits. <laughs> yeah. Sound really fancy there, guess man. I don't. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Kind of kind of like me on the on those NASCAR. Excuse me. Hold on. <clears throat> strawberry cotton throat. Strawberry chunk seeds or something in here. <laughs> I had no idea. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you're sad. you're like. Anyways, like, fans, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Yes, <laughs> thanks for engaging. Got some giveaways going on right now. Got one on Facebook, one on Twitter. When are we shutting that down? Next week we're drawing names. But oh, sorry, we shut it down that day or this weekend? Oh, up, up or? until we draw. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we got some cool giveaways posted up. Go check those out. Enter for your chance to win. So are they? So they are on Facebook. It is a Dale Senior 164th Oreo car diecast. It's actually a diecast of the car he ran at uh, the Bud Shootout prior to his unfortunate death. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on Twitter, it is, you know, bringing it back the 90s kind of feel, early 2000s, a Zippo lighter. <laughs> the unused brand new brand new i don't i mean it's old but never been out of the box uh zippo lighter uh still sealed up and everything so anyway dale Earnhardt, you know dale senior so that's cool man this is a lot more strawberry than i thought it was going to be it, it, yeah it, i honestly taste nothing like i expected it to. yeah i don't taste any lemon is it supposed to be lemonade yeah strawberry lemonade in a drinking beer i don't really taste the lemonade but it's all right it's not bad no, well, we try. You, you know who? You know who? I, I I'm surprised I saw drinking this before us. Who? 
Big cat. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't think that would be quite his beer, but. No, I I'm trying to remember what he was drinking at uh Docks that day. We did the 500 from there. It was all Bush. I think it was Bush. Yeah. Hmm. Be nice to try some of this that day, but hey. It wasn't out there. Taste your own, yeah. Anyway, Chris Busher, nice sponsor. You know, we'll sponsor it this week, maybe another week in the future. Uh, and, you know, fans, if you're listening and you have a sponsor you want to try out on the air, you know, like, uh, obviously I will not go back to the Viagra days. I will not do that <laughs> on the air. But when they, like, like, a new sponsor or something, then, yeah, sure. I mean, why not, right? Uh, another funny thing to I just thought of this was uh, one of my old bosses from a previous job, um, follow him on Instagram, and he posted – He's a big beer drinker, but he likes IPAs and just, like, a bunch of craft beers and stuff like that. And, like, once a week, he posts something new up there. And he actually had this on there last week. Oh, And okay. he's like, hey, he's like, I decided to deviate from my normal, you know, path and try something new. And he tagged Natural Light, and they actually replied to him on, on Instagram. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's made by the same company. Yeah. It's, it's Bush Light, Light. Strawberry flavored, right? Sure. <laughs> Something like that. I, I actually used to drink a lot of Natty Lights. Really? Yeah, I used to go to, uh, what was that place was called? Show Me's. <laughs> it was like a dollar for Natty Light. Was it? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. I don't know, it's been a while. It's closed down now. Yeah, I mean, I haven't like went there recently. Yeah, it's well, been closed. It's closed, yeah. yeah. All right, well, Martinsville. Boo. You didn't like Martinsville? Actually, I did kind of enjoy it. Now, so, obviously, we know he won. It wasn't Kyle Busch. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Brad dominated the race. And I don't know if there's any other term to use other than domination. He dominated, but he still... I mean, the thing is, like, with Martinsville, you can only dominate to a certain degree, right? And, I mean, you can. it's still... A, attainable to me like i mean chase was still right there kyle was still right there i feel like at the end i mean I, yeah it wasn't a thrilling finish I mean, but yeah so i mean he dominated by the fact that he led so many yeah, laps yeah but, but i, I don't was, agree where he dominated and lapped the whole damn field yeah yeah you know i mean they, they were within striking mm-hmm. distance yeah, he just was vulnerable yeah they just didn't have just quite a good enough car and honestly kyle did a lot better than i expected him to do yeah Cause, I mean, for a while there, he just run like garbage. Yeah, and, you know, it took him, honestly, about half of the race to really get dialed in there. But how many freaking times have we seen that? Yeah, no kidding. We were like, finally, this is the race where Kyle's not going to be a threat. And then last quarter of the race, he finds it. So, But anyways, you know, it was a good race. Uh, Martinville's always going to have a good race, in my opinion. So, um any yeah, takeaways it, from it? So no, I I really enjoy Martinsville. Um, so my takeaway is that if you watch just the beginning, like just the front of the of the of the leaders, you know they would catch Brad and drop off, catch Brad and drop off. There wasn't a whole lot of like passing or action. But if you look back in the field, I thought there was a lot of action, a lot of passing, a lot of saw some teammates getting heated, Boyer <laughs> and Harvick. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, didn't Boyer and Eric Amarola run into each other at once as well? And Boyer's just, he. I think he's just feeling the pressure. I think he was just, like, pushing hard, but Harvick as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, nothing really crazy happened in the race that really no. jumps out at me. There wasn't a lot of crashes. No. Um, I I want to say NASCAR botched one thing, and that was when Eric Jones cut his tire down. Like, why didn't they call a yellow on that? Because he was clearly throwing debris all over the place. Oh, and what? then as soon as he pits, then the yellow comes out because I can't remember somebody spun or something. Was that when the axle came out? Of no, that was, be- that was before. So that's one thing I noticed is like people are like spinning out because of the oil the on grease, the track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it took forever for NASCAR to throw the flag on that. Yeah, so I'm like, what the hell? Bottom line is, Lugs, this discussion about Martinsville is pointless this week. You think so? Yeah, and the only reason why I say that is because some much bigger things came up other than the race Like this what? <laughs> Maybe some schedule changes? Yeah, that's true. So before we get into schedule changes, I'm just going to throw it at you real quick. Uh, any other news to talk about? Because that's going to – I'm assuming, and this is just an assumption on my part, your lugs, that the schedule changes is probably going to be the – biggest part of our episode tonight yeah absolutely um no not really uh if i think of something then i'll i'll holler at you but i, I don't really have anything big noted here okay so let's move on and talk about the schedule changes so i'm going to uh run through some key notes for us real quick okay lugs uh, some uh, some of the key components of the schedule change so going into 2020 obviously contracts with the tracks are already set so they can't take tracks off the schedule and add tracks, but they can, they can maneuver them mm-hmm. uh, to move around. So a couple of uh, key key notes for the schedule. And, um, and I'm going to get into some good stuff before I get on my soapboxes and stuff like that So for our discussion. So I'm just going to go through some general notes right now. There will be a three-week break from July 19th to August 9th to allow for the Olympics. Uh, other key notes is that Homestead's no longer going to be the finish of the season. Mm-hmm. ISM is. Mm-hmm. Pocono has a double weekend, not mm-hmm. two weekends in a row, one weekend, two races. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Daytona will now be moved from July to host a regular season finale before the, the chase starts. Indy moves from what is September date now to July 4th. Mm-hmm. Darlington opens the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Martinsville night race yeah, yeah. on Mother's Day weekend, and a Bristol the Bristol night race will be in the playoffs as a cutoff race. Yeah. So that's just a couple of key takeaways. Now, as a fan, I'm looking at this, and my first reaction is, "What the fuck are they doing?" I mean, this is like some big changes, right? Yeah. So I'm getting worked up and stuff, and. I was like, okay, before I get worked up, before I post anything on Twitter, Facebook, let me actually digest this a little bit. Let me try to break it down to understand it, okay? So you, I made some notes. You want me to go over my notes of like what I kind of what I took from reading the changes? Sure. Okay. So first thing, I try I try to go in order here the best I can. So Atlanta has now moved from the second race of the season. To the fifth races. And, and I'm going to counter your statements or notes with whether I agree or disagree. Okay. So I, I, I'm i going to save my if I'm for or against this until after. Okay. Okay. So I'm starting to – this is just me trying to understand why NASCAR made the change they did. And I don't know. And what I'm going to say is I don't know if they made the changes for these reasons. But in my mind, this is why I'm thinking the changes were made. So obviously you have Daytona – or excuse me, Atlanta – Second race of the season right now, 
get moved to the fifth race. Mm-hmm. So ideally, it makes sense switching to the fifth race. A little bit warmer weather. Yeah, a- absolutely. So you have people complaining for years and years about you know Atlanta. There's chance of snow, chance of ice. Yeah. At this time of year, still. So let's not. Let's go ahead and get our West Coast swing LOA, which is California, ISM, Vegas, mm-hmm. before we get to Atlanta. Yeah. So you stepping back and looking at that. 100% makes sense to me. Right. I'm actually okay with that. Okay. okay. Me too. I think it's a good move. So, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I think it makes sense. I mean, back when we were younger, Atlanta was, what, the fifth race anyway? Well, yeah, and it was a, it had two races. You know, they raced there twice a year, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what I would love to see again. Same thing with Darlington. But obviously we have, didn't see that for 2019. Maybe in 2020 we'll see that. But at least this is a step in the right direction for Atlanta. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, the, okay, jumping a little forward now, so we get to Homestead. Homestead has traditionally been the last race of the season. Correct. Now it's been bumped up to the, the sixth race of the season. Yes. Basically, you start planning, uh, what, I guess Martinsville weekend? Yes. Essentially? Mm-hmm. So, so now Homestead moves up. Uh, I know for – Traveling for teams, you know, Atlanta, then Martins, or Atlanta, then to Homestead, actually kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to Atlanta across country and back. Right. You know, it's kind of still on the East Coast. It's still pretty close. So for traveling for teams, completely makes sense. Homestead, where it is, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, and, you know, my question, they didn't release the start times for the races. So we don't know, like, is Homestead still going to be – uh, more of a night race like a twilight race yeah because they start at late afternoon but you know you got the time change so the sun's going down i bet pretty quick race. so yeah it, now that it's in the spring it's going to be daylight longer you know unless yeah, they start I, it later i i'm just curious what they're going to do there but i i know homestead you are kind of on the fence as far as whether it's a good championship race track or not but i do like the track and it deserves a race but I hope it stays a night race. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, I mean, I think we need more night races as mm-hmm. much as possible, honestly. I think it's always more dynamics involved. Uh, so going on a little bit further, now we have Martinsville. Now is going to be a Mother's Day weekend race, Saturday night. I think that's really awesome. Solid move, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of keeps, kind of keeps the schedule up in the Northeast, kind of closer to home base, Charlotte area, because you have Dover – the week before, and they have the all-star re- race the week after. So mm-hmm. all kind of for, – for logistics, traveling, it makes sense for the teams. Yeah. And kind of got taken into consideration the smaller teams, you know, kind of being in a plate here sure, you know, sure. obviously helping them out. Then from uh, – we have Pocono. This is the one that kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. So Pocono was, what, a month like apart? five weeks apart, yeah. So now – they're taking those two races and combine them into one weekend. Yes. So now you're going to have a cup race on Saturday. Sunday. And a cup race on Sunday. Yep. So we'll, we'll kind of get into that one here in a little bit because I'm sure we'll have a lot of discussion on that one. Uh, and then we go into Indy. Now been moved to the 4th of July weekend. And this is the reason I think they did it. Yeah, Memorial Day, a big summer holiday <clears throat> for the Daytona, or excuse me, the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. So I think NASCAR is trying to capitalize that off that type of environment, that feel, and use Independence Day to be their big indie race. And that again, that's just my argument, my feel to that. 
which then talks about Daytona, which is traditionally the July 4th area race, moving that to September uh, to finish out the season. You have basically have Daytona starting the season, ending the season, the regular season. Right. Uh, which kind of makes sense as well. Bookends it kind of, yeah. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying it kind of, in my mind, makes sense. Could be justified, yeah. Yes. Uh, then we have Darlington starting the playoffs. I mean, historic track, retro weekend or throwback weekend. Starting the playoffs kind of has that feel. I kind of like that. And then in the playoffs, we have Bristol being a night race to end a set of three races. Mm-hmm. We have the Roval being the end, and we have Martinsville being an end. Mm-hmm. So what I'm seeing here is the trend. Yeah. Drama. Yeah. Drama. Drama. This is like NASCAR version of clickbait in, in the playoffs. I mean, they're using these high intensity, you know, I mean, historically look at look at Bristol. Yeah. Helmets being thrown, cars being used as weapons essentially <clears throat> to, you know, get back at the other person. Mm-hmm. So I see that all being involved around dr- drama. The Roval last year. Drama. Created drama, yeah. yeah. And then we have Martinsville, another short track, let's, finishing to get into the championship race. Yeah, and let's be honest, drama creates views oh, yo, and clicks, Yeah, no, absolutely. So. That's, what I'm call, that's why I'm calling it the NASCAR clickbait. That's mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. what it is. I'm going to love it. I love Bristol. I love Martinsville. Roval surprised me. It was, it was all fascinating. I'm, look, I'm actually really looking forward to that. And then finishing out the season at ISM instead of Homestead. And my, my – this is just a guess – that they reason why they switch it to ISM is that the East Coast has been on such a swing of starting the season, getting the biggest races. Now they're giving the West Coast a, a chance, and I would consider Phoenix. You no, know, it's not on the coast. I would consider it West Coast. Mm-hmm. Given that area, the Western United States, a chance to have a big race. Cause what's their big race? They don't have one. Yeah, real not real. I mean. So this Vegas is, would probably be maybe. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, that's just a, that's just a race. Yeah, it's not yeah, a true. big race. So now you're given. There's you're no crown a, jewels. Yeah. Right, you're throwing a, you're throwing a bone now to the West Coast, saying, "Hey, here you go. We're we're going to give you something big to cheer about." Because I know people are griping about Homestead. You know, traditionally it's been the last race for the last several years. You know, people travel for this. You know, Florida's got a great environment. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but. You know, people from California and stuff really aren't traveling to Florida for that last race. So it's given a chance for fans in other parts of the country to kind of experience a big race. Yeah. So to further, so to alienate from the fact that they're throwing the West Coast the bone, you know, with Phoenix, what's your thoughts on Phoenix as a track being the championship finale? Hmm. So. So let's look at our West Coast options. <clears throat> Man, excuse me. Strawberries tearing me up here. So you have California. And I would consider Texas more in the middle of the country, so I'm thinking that they try to really push west. So you have Vegas, California, Phoenix. Sonoma. Vegas, <laughs> California. <laughs> That's Phoenix. where they should have the championship race, Sonoma. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I know not. you'd go to that race. Absolutely not. <laughs> So, yeah, those three tracks mainly, mainly, yes, to choose from. Out of those three tracks, 
Phoenix, to me, has been historically the most consistent for providing good races. Vegas is on and off. California is really I mean, kind depend, of been... depends what your definition of good race is. If you're a Kevin Harvick fan, absolutely. Well, okay. So, <clears throat> the new configuration, they pump money into the facility. It's almost like the Super Bowl. So, you know, the new stadiums get the Super Bowl. It's kind of like the whole new overhaul track gets the Super Bowl. Gets the gets what I mean by that is the finishing. The I season. just when I think Phoenix, I don't think exciting finish or you know exciting restarts, which could lead to exciting finish, especially like a green white checkered for the championship. Yeah, so maybe that'll change now that it's the actual championship race. But I mean, like last year Homestead, that wasn't the most exciting race, right? But it's produced it previously, so not maybe really, Phoenix not overall. So Homestead's pr- pr- produce how many good, exciting finishes? Two or three? M- finishes, okay, yeah. But races, racing overall, the product there is pretty strong. I, I disagree. I, I'm not, I, I've never been really big on the racing at Homestead. I, I see, to me, I feel like it's always been on about the same level as a Phoenix. Really? Because you got multiple grooves. It's an older track, so, you know, diff- it's... You know, tires become a, a situation so where last, like, that you're not going to see at Phoenix. You don't so have multiple grooves. Well, now that they've widened it and paved the dog leg, I guess that could be argued. But I'm just saying, you know. So in the recent years, I give you that that Homestead has produced better racing overall thing. But in all the years prior to that, it was really a dud, if you ask me. There might be, like I said, maybe one here and there that produced something, but overall, I don't feel like it really gave us a that real good feel at the end. Just kind of like, oh, here we go, yeah, that another left turn, another <laughs> left turn. Well, yeah, I mean that's any race, but well, yeah, yeah, but you go to like a Bristol, not so much Bristol of recent memory, but Bristol past. We're like, man, it's like it's it keeps you entertained. We as humans have short attention spans. Well, even more so now, yeah. So we need that constant something to keep because if not, we're gonna be flipping channels, or whatever you know. Because we need something to kind of keep our keep our attention, our our focus on the TV. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel that home. And I'm not saying it's Phoenix does either. I'm just saying that they're to me about the same level. Yeah. So but I don't I don't see Phoenix being a worse option than Homestead. Let so, me put it that way. Right. And and you know people are saying like, well, they you know maybe they'll rotate it or they're gonna rotate it, and that's fine too. But that's still gonna limit us where we can go, middle or early November, even late October, even if they shorten the schedule, we're still gonna yeah, be I mean, limited. Yeah, we're still looking at the at the warm tracks. So yeah. California, Vegas, Phoenix, Homestead, Daytona. Probably not gonna see Bristol. Yeah, you're exactly. Maybe in Atlanta, maybe. But even then, it's it could be a potential hit if it's in November still. So you're looking at because traditionally, and that's a good, great point is that used to be the season finale. Be, yeah, absolutely did, and I could see them almost going back that way again, or at least putting that in a potential rotation for being the last. Because yeah. me personally, I would love to see them rotate it. Oh yeah, I mean keep uh, it. I mean you don't want the same shit over and over and over. Kind of throw these guys for a loop. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But uh, hopefully they're not putting themselves in a box by limiting the tracks geographically, weather-wise, you know, yeah. where they can run. But so we'll find out. Yeah, so a couple of my pros and cons, and this is where we can start getting into debates and discussions really in-depth about the schedule changes. So a couple of positives. One is 
overall, I think the schedule makes more sense from a strategic logistics standpoint yes. for the teams, which could really benefit the smaller teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost savings from traveling, et cetera. I, as we just discussed, I like to change away from Homestead for the finale. I would like to see it rotate. And we, it might. We don't know. After the 2020 season, we don't know. And then Night Martinsville, that's like – I'm People have ex- been asking for that forever, yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm, like, stoked about that. That is, to me, the best change. So what kind of stuff – we'll just talk about likes right now, Lug. So what kind of stuff do you see that you like about the schedule change? Well, I, I like the fact that they pushed uh, Atlanta back a little bit in the in the you know first part of the season because I feel like when they do have races there early, early spring, late February, you know, it's just – it's so cold, and I don't know. I want to see Atlanta at a, at, a, at a hotter time of the season. Now, this isn't going to be a drastic difference, but it's at least a step in the right direction. So, I want to go see, I want to go to Atlanta race. I have not been to Atlanta race yeah. yet. But I've had no desire to go when, it's when it could February. be. But yeah, exactly. Because if I'm going to travel in February, I want it to be a nice, warm destination. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed about Daytona not being the 4th of July anymore weekend. We're talking about likes right now. What do you like? <laughs> and we'll get into all the negatives because I got several negatives. Um, you put me on the spot because I wasn't really. I okay. I like the fact that the tracks that are in the final ten are a good diverse in each round, and they kind of have been the last few years. But like, this is the most amount of short tracks we've had in it. The most, I guess, diverse set of groups. It, this is the least amount of mile-and-a-half cookie-cutter tracks we've ever had. Yeah, I, I think that's a step in the right direction. Now, out of the, the last ten races, every one of them, except for Darlington, and it could be argued for Charlotte, or a second race of the year. Mm-hmm. We almost need to throw a, a wrench into the into the equation and put a track they haven't ran on all season into that mix. <clears throat> and maybe after 2020 or 2021 going forward, maybe they'll have that. Well, I, I absolutely think they will, and I think it'll be a road course. Hmm. And so we go to Charlotte, but then we go to the Roble, the Roble in the playoffs. So technically we're at Charlotte, although it's a different configuration. So that's kind of like a new one of them. And it's the first time of the season. Yeah, first time and, being and there. So you kind of have that. But I'm almost think every round should have a new a track we had not seen yet for the season. So Darlington started off, Roble in the second round, and maybe a Sonoma in the third round. And we haven't been to Sonoma yet because mm-hmm. it's a warmer climate. Maybe go for like Sonoma, Phoenix. Road Atlanta, Road America, put a new oh, one I mean, in there. Oh, I mean, put a new one, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm excited. I think this is a giant step in the, in the right direction overall. Yeah, and, and when I first seen the schedule, I was like, my mind was blowing. I was pissed, saying, what the hell are you thinking? But – I'm not going to lie. Once I actually sat down and tried to make sense of the changes, and that's where I came up with this stuff. It's like, why would NASCAR do this? And why would what, NASCAR? That's what separates you from most fans is most of them would not do that, and they just remain angry and become a keyboard warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. And, I mean, I sat down and looked at it. I mean, I do have some negatives. Don't get me wrong. But overall, I think it is definitely a drastic step forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other likes you want to throw out there on it before we start talking about the negatives? Uh, 
And I'm not holding you to it. So if we start talking, no, you can maybe come I'll up with think of something. Else, but yeah. right now, nothing uh, aside from Martinsville Night Race. I think that'll be pretty cool. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. And maybe we can make plans next year to go see it. That would be cool. I think Martinsville Night will sell out. Honestly, I think that'll be one. That yeah, I, out. I agree. I agree. So it might be something that we really need to look into. Yeah. Start of the season. So, all right. So, uh, what week is that? May May 9th or something? Mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Yeah. That's a perfect time to go because I'm not a mother. <laughs> but you have a <laughs> wife and you have a mother. Uh, and I'm, my daughter will be with her mom that weekend. Hey, actually, it's going to work out well, I think. I did go on a hunting trip last year on Mother's Day weekend. It was like the best weekend ever. <laughs> so, so just alternate them, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I think I think that's a good plan for us next year, Lugs, is to hit Martinsville. All right. All right. Anyway, so the negatives – Daytona at the end of August. Okay. I did some research today. Do you know when hurricane season is? Probably about that time. It's June 1st to the end of November. But I took it a step further. I looked up when most hurricane, like when Florida has the highest chance of hurricanes hitting them, the first part of September. And we're literally the last week of August when this race happens. So it's really like in the heart of hurricane season. Interesting. So – how do you it, feel that you witnessed the last July Daytona race in person? We, no, it'll be this year. Yeah, it'll this be year. this year. I'm like, we did? Hold on, I was thinking about that. No, it was last year, yeah. Yeah, so it's still on July 4th this year, yeah. so never mind. Yeah. I'm an idiot. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It, I mean, it definitely is. I mean, I, we used to be, what, the fire, for, Firecracker 400? Mm-hmm. And then it was, what, Pepsi. The Pepsi? Yeah. And then the Coke? So I mean, we've seen, we've seen it like, what year did it turn into the Firecracker 400? Was it like '96? Oh, Maybe before that. Yeah, I don't know. But bottom line is, is that historically it's been a July race, the fourth, the July fourth week race. Uh, people go to Florida for vacation. The July fourth is a great time to vacation. Mm, yeah. Right. Indy's not a place not, of vacation. Not, not so Indianapolis. Indianapolis, you go there for a day or two, and you've seen the whole city. You know, you've done what you can. And we we are Indiana natives. Mm-hmm. We've been to Indy multiple times, uh, the track and the city. Oh, and Lugs is actually wearing his Indy Motor Speedway shirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, good for them because I think it's gonna be a big weekend. Except for two things: hot as balls, like miserable. I mean, we go in August. And it's the most miserable race ever. Yeah. So in July, it's just it's gonna be the same way. Yeah. And they were just bitching a couple of years ago about how too hot and humid it was and so in they Indiana. Moved it to September. Exactly. And now we're going right back where we were, basically. Exactly. So I don't necessarily agree with that move because of that point. They they made a big deal a couple of years ago, made a change, now they're changing it back essentially. And it's just I see what I see what they're doing. Holiday race. Big stage, I get it. I just think it's a miss. I could agree. I could agree with that. Uh, so, and this is interesting. Let's talk about Pocono. But you know they're not going to move it up sooner because that's going to be oh, encroaching no, they, on. Yeah, the, it, they will absolutely not move the Indy 500 territory, and yeah. you can't do it later. That's where we're at currently, and you know I don't see it being one of the ten chase tracks. I mean, the only thing you could potentially do. Is to put Daytona back there and move it to where Daytona is, which is the last race of the regular season. 
is that the stage they're looking for? I don't think so. Well, that's what it is now. I know. I just don't think that's the stage they're looking for, and that's why they made the change. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It makes the most they want sense. that drama. Temperature yeah. wise, they want to see yeah. Ricky Stenhouse get in. Huh. <laughs> oh, Ricky Stenhouse. That nickname came about at the race we were at. <laughs> he wrecked so many people that damn race. Uh, so at Pocono, a race on Saturday, a race on Sunday. I give props for being creative, for being thinking outside the box for the NASCAR fan base. Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, when we talk to fans, Lugs, when we're out and about at the track or whatever, we always hear bitching, right, about, oh, I like this damn stage race. Oh, this whole chase thing, blah, 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 right? How do you think, if we go and ask the same people today and say, what's your thought on holding two races the same weekend? Yeah. And they're going to be like, ah, I mean, they're really going to flip out, right? So I applaud them for being creative. However, have we ever seen Pocono get rained out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> More than once. And I wonder if they'll do a different setup for each, each day. Like, will the segments be different? So, okay, that, I'm actually going to bring up a point about that. I don't want to see the same race unfold identically two days in a row. My fear, that's going to happen. But someone posed on Twitter yesterday, what if on one day they ran like the high arrow package and the next day they ran the high engine package, whatever you want to call it, two yeah, different packages, yeah. and literally throw the teams for a loop or one day you run a one package, the other day you run a whole different package. Can you and use the same car or would you have two different cars? Could you swap it and it literally – 12 hour time frame is the question i guess I mean, that's a good question because every every hauler can hold two cars you have your primary and your backup but then they're going to argue expanses expanses yeah so I, hmm. I agree i would love to see that but from a an maybe they can make standpoint, it well maybe they can make a modification where it's a slight modification but it's enough of a modification like air dams or whatever it is that your backup car can be your next day's primary if something happens you can swap it out to fix it and then vice versa. So I'm saying mm-hmm. is that you can then the car you use on Saturday can be slightly modified to be your backup for the car on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have some options to look at there, and that that makes me optimistic about it. Yeah, and I that's another one of those things where I was the get off my lawn guy when I first seen that yesterday. I was some old man looking at that going, "What the hell are they thinking?" So the question is, if if it rains out Saturday and Sunday, would they do a double header on Monday? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And how are they going to do qualifying? You know, we kind of I me mean, talked briefly before the show about it. You think they're going to do qualifying each morning before the race? I I don't know. I mean, there's so many ifs. I'm actually. I am actually intrigued. Yeah, me too. By it, just to see what the hell happens. So, we go into a three week three week stretch with no races. Is that going to cause fans to lose focus on the sport? I think NASCAR fans are pretty diehard to the point where they want to see a weekly race. Uh, so I I don't think they'll lose interest. No, I think that they will. They'll be eager for the comeback. I don't think they'll lose interest. Now, your casual fan, if that exists, uh, maybe. But I don't know anybody that's really a casual fan anymore. You're either keeping up with it week to week or you're not, in my opinion. So I don't really see that becoming an issue. Do you? Uh, I put it down to the question. I really don't. But I just kind of want to get your feel on what you thought. I mean, we've never had a, a break this big before. No, the schedule. no. 
So it'll all. be interesting to see. Maybe it'll be a nice, like, okay, halfway through the season pretty much. I mean, take a breath. Everybody's no, eyes hard. historically and will be, in this case, on the Olympics, you know, and that'll give the chance for the teams to take a, a break and watch it or whatever the case yeah. is as so, well. So during the Winter Olympics last year, they had Fox was covering NASCAR. So there was a competing time frame between the Olympics and NASCAR coverage on right. Fox. And you've seen a slight dip in ratings for, for NASCAR. Are the Summer Olympics a bigger deal than the Winter Olympics? Probably. Yeah, I would say so. And then who has the Olympics coverage? NBC. Who has the summertime NASCAR coverage? Yeah. NBC. So it makes sense that they're not going to battle themselves. From, from a TV perspective, yes. But this schedule is, to me, 95% dominated by TV mm-hmm. on what they want. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's to be kind of expected, I think, in this uh, day I'm, and age. I mean, it is, unfortunately, but yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so I'm going to throw something else out there, Logs. I was, I was thinking about. So, you know, during the summer, people travel to Florida, vacation, et cetera, right? During school's out, all mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens usually in late March? Uh, spring break. Spring break. Who goes spring to spring break. break? Who spring breaks in, like, Miami, Florida? I don't know. College kids, high school kids. Do, do they? I mean, we I, that's the picture show anyway. But let me ask you this. Most I families, thought that was, like, Panama City. But I think, like, but, for the most part, most, most kids are, like, going out west, like, Lake Havasu and stuff anymore. South Padre. So, I mean, okay, you have Florida that's still a big destination. And Miami is a huge destination. So, you have Panama City and all that stuff, too. You have South Padre in Texas and Lake Havasu out in Arizona. You do have those. My point is, right now, the families that you can think of off the top of your head that vacation during spring break, because right now we're in spring break around here, how many are going to Florida? Very few. None that I know of. Because most of them head to a little bit more family-oriented beaches and not so much for, you know, it might be college students, like, pounding back kegs. Yeah, and know. that's the thing is, like, a lot of a lot of the traditional places, like, back when we were in college, for, those were the destination places. They've, they've implemented things to, like, counteract that. Like, they don't want to be known for that. Like, Panama has worked very hard to, like, get away from that image. Okay. Well, I, I guess what I'm getting to is that, you know, Orange Beach, stuff like that, that we know people that goes to, uh, you know, um, Outer Banks, you know, stuff like that, for a more family-oriented, this Homestead Miami race now is going to be right in the middle of spring break. So okay. I have a feeling there's going to be less people to travel to that because they're already doing family-oriented vacations elsewhere. They don't want to go to a freaking college frat party. Well, that and the fact that it's, what, is it six weeks after Daytona? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, five weeks after. Six, six race, five weeks after. Yeah, so five weeks later, you're kind of dip, double dipping on the same people, right? So as a race fan, are you financially going to want to or be able to go to both races? Yeah, I mean, that's another good point. I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. So are well, they. If you can't, then which one are you going to go to? Well, obviously, I mean, at a 500, right? You would think. You would think. But so, maybe not if, if Homestead's a night race. If, if Homestead's a night race. 
I don't think it will be, but it might be. So, I mean, there's a lot to ponder there. I just, do you think NASCAR is setting themselves up on purpose to try to capitalize off spring break? Or do you think that maybe that wasn't even taken into consideration? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure they probably thought about it, but. I mean, if I'm a NASCAR exec, and I could be 100% off here, but if I'm a NASCAR exec, I'm looking back, I'm like, yeah, you know, we get all those college kids come to our race. College kids ain't going to go to it. I mean. If they they do, they're going to show up and cut off jean shorts, making a fool of themselves, doing keg stands in the parking lot. You know, people, they don't even watch the race. They're just there because it's there. So that is Sunday, March 15th. So. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, why not swap it for something later in the summer? But anything Maybe. later in the summer, that early in the year is going to have – it's going to be cold. So maybe Kansas the end of May. Swap out Dover. When is Dover? August 23rd. Right when you're going back to school. But, you know, is you Dover, Dover in March? Is that going to be too cold? I don't know. Could it still be Possibly. weather? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of factors that we they considered, but uh, yeah. Anyway, just something to ponder, like you know, how is spring break going to impact? Oh, and I, again, I could be completely off here. I just, I was, I was throwing it out there, just trying to think mm-hmm. of. Uh, but I mean, overall, I think it's going to be interesting to see the changes. I'm excited for it. Even I, I wasn't get on soapbox, but like I said, the more I thought about, it, more I'm like, you know what, this actually makes sense. Let's give them a shot. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's I, all you can do, really. And and I, you know, I applaud them for making some decent changes. We know there was going to be a big shakeup in 2020, but I don't think anybody was really expecting this much of a shakeup. No, so, not at all. You know, I'm okay with. I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, that's way to be. Now, I, I'm going to throw this out there right now. I hope there's rain during Pocono weekend. Why? Why would because you Because I want to see how they respond. I want to see what kind of contingency plans they have in place. I'm just, I'm just, it just, it more piques my interest, like just intrigue. I mean, obviously, I don't want, to, I never want to race to rain out. I'm just curious on how they're going to handle that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they know that it's a plausibility, so. Yeah, but I mean, look at Martinsville being snowed out last year. It's a possibility, yeah, but they seem true. like they didn't really have their shit together on that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They kind of t- just lucked out that <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of warmed up that following whatever it was, Monday, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on the schedule? Not on the schedule. Okay. Uh, so one thing that I I thought of um, earlier, you mentioned, you know, if I think of something. So we didn't talk about the new qualifying rule that was put in place. Oh, okay. About lining up correctly on pit road, can't block each other. Speed. Yeah. So we haven't we haven't uh, we haven't discussed that. Mm-mm. So because they were basically saying, you know, we'll, we'll announce something before we get to Texas, but Martinsville, it's not going to be an issue. So we didn't talk about it. So they came out and said that basically, starting at Texas, any driver that does not take a lap in any of the qualifying rounds will have all previously posted times in the session disallowed. Therefore. They're going to start in the back. And if you remember last week, that's what I, that's basically what I said. I'm like, yep. that's exactly what needs to happen to motivate them. So thoughts, good move, bad move, other options? It's a good move, but it's pointless. Hey, here's why Here's why I say that. So let's say you don't want your time. You want your, t- you keep your time, right? 
or whatever, and you're not going to make your life. Just make a lap. There was no minimum speed, no minimum effort. Mm-hmm. It says you just have to hit that time lap, right? So as soon as you take that that flag to get a time lap, just shut it off. Yeah. So I mean, what, I mean the only difference is the only difference is now instead of sitting on pit road, you're you're creating a a shit show on the track. So you're saying theoretically, instead of saving my tires for my best run in the third round, just go out, put an absolute flyer down. Well, see the thing is, if you put a flyer down in the first round, you know it may not be good enough. You know, that might get you right there in 25th spot. You know, the next two rounds, they could improve enough to where if they're disallowed, I'm not I saying, don't know. I'm not saying sandbag it through all of it, but when you get to that final round, so the worst, if you get to that final round, what's the, if you take a time lap, question mark, okay, what's the worst that's going to happen, 12th? If you make, if you do, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that instead of like trying to wait, if you know you're not going to hit it, at least you're make or get close to hitting it. Then let me put it this way: if you're not confident that you're going to have enough speed anyway to improve on what you already had or Mm -hmm. to get where you need to get, why not just cut it off instead of actually doing it? Leave early, leave early, make a single lap and turn it off. Yeah, I mean at that point you might as well. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that we'll see that. I mean, if, if I'm in that situation, I'm just going to go out and put put the lap down because, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll put the ninth time down without having somebody in front of me to to, to draft off of. But yeah. At least it, I'm ninth instead of 12th. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you're right. But then again, who would have thought they all just sat there on their ass last week or two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Same thing. I would assume that they all would try to hit time instead of just sitting there and yeah. then waiting too damn long. So, I mean, I see what you're saying, that that's what you would do. And I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing. I probably would do what you would do. Like, go and pit my, my lap down best I can and be done with it, hopefully your best. Right. But these guys strategize so much. I'm just saying that the door hasn't been closed, that there's still a chance for the teams to kind of be, you know, come up with some kind of strategy with that opening there, mm-hmm. with, without that. Or with them just saying that if you don't make a timed run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one other thing we forgot to talk about on Martinsville was the Jeff Gluck poll. Was it a good race? Did you see the results from I, it? I actually did not see it. Yeah, I forgot to look it up, so I had to just, <laughs> had to just okay. do that. 58% said yes. 58? 58% okay. said yes. 42% said no. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are going to say no because Brad dominated the race. But if you look at the racing as a whole, I thought it was a damn good race. It was pretty decent, yeah. Um, let's talk about unless you have something else, picks. How our picks did? Uh, the only the last thing I have, uh, well, actually two things is news broke right before we started our podcast, and you may not have seen this. Um, so they at the test at Talladega and Daytona they determined the cars were going too fast. So now going to Talladega and Daytona, they're raising the spoiler up to nine inches, and they're adding an inch to the track bar to create more drag to slow the cars down. Why? Well, how fast they weren't going? I think they got to like two hundred and twenty, or I don't know. What? I don't know, but yeah. So anyway, it was too much for them, or something. So anyway, yeah, they're they're slowing the cars down using arrow they to got slow up to it down. Two twenty. I don't remember that. As in a test, some kind of a test to verify speeds. Oh, okay. Yeah. When was the test? 
I don't know. I just I just seen Bob Potgrass post. I had retweeted it. So, yeah. uh, one other thing before we go into picks, I saw that uh, through Adam Stern on Twitter that Geico uh, is being, I guess you could say, courted as uh, the likely candidate to become one of the top tier partners in NASCAR's new tier sponsorship thing for 2020. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, they already spent more money advertising than any other company. Yeah, exactly. Like cumulatively over the last three years, they're like number one or something like that. So that I, you know, good on Geico for being part of the sport and spending that much money. So uh, as it stands with Pinsky with Brad Winnen, Pinsky and Gibbs are the only two teams to win this season. Isn't that crazy to think that? Who who'll be the next team to get Stuart Haas? I would think, I would assume. Cause Ford has shown a lot of speed this year. Yeah. But you know, we haven't really seen Stuart Haas dominate. You know, Harvick is a long way off from where he was this time last year. And you really haven't seen Suarez or Boyer or Almarola. Almarola's had str- you know, flashes of speed, but he's not really consistent on a weekly basis, so um but yeah, I agree. They've got more speed than what Hendrick's showing. Maybe Chip Ganassi could be argued, but aside from the short track speed that Chase had, there wasn't. I mean, again, we didn't see it's, anything. Hendrick's out of, been a dud. Like what happened to Jimmy this weekend, man? He, I don't know. A non-factor. What's, What's happened to like Jimmy last season? He's got like season. nine nine wins there. Uh, you know, and Byron, freaking Byron, was supposed to start sixth, and had a tire go down, made contact with the wall. Then he failed uh, pre-race inspection, had to start the back, ended up being two laps down, spun out at one point with Ty, D- Ty Dillon, or off of Ty Dillon, I should say. So, man, they need some help bad. So from Bob Proctgrass, this is his exact tweet. NASCAR will increase the size of the rear spoiler to 9 inches and add 1-inch bolt to the track bar mount for a height of 12 inches for races at Daytona and Talladega. This is to slow the cars down after speeds too high during Daytona test in February. Somebody asked who did the test, and they said it was Larson, Bowman, and Hemrick. Hmm. And people are like, well, what if it's just those those drivers? And Potgrass made an example. It doesn't matter what drivers it would have been. They're flat out. It would have been the same result either way. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they were going uh, – they were – Approaching 200 mile per hour in a three car draft, hmm. but isn't 200 like pretty standard? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, let's run through the uh, standings here. See how we're see how we're all faring this. Week. I'm I'm ready for this. Are you? Yeah, because I think I had a better weekend than you did. You did. You did actually. One of your drivers collected as many points as both of mine did cumulatively. So. Um, we'll just run through each person like we do weekly, the drivers they picked and the, the points scored. So All right. you had Harvick and Hamblin. You brought home 82 points. All right. I had Logano and Kurt Busch, and they both let me down. Logano <laughs> started on the pole. I thought it was going to be a really good freaking weekend, and I don't know what the hell happened, but he finished like, I don't know, close to 20th. So cumulatively, I brought home 48 points. Woo-hoo. 
Uh, Jeff- well, that's a 40 point. Oh, I think I'm within like 20 points now. We'll see here in a second. I'm just trying to do math in my head. But anyway, go on. Jeff Stainhook, uh, he had Hamlin and Boyer bringing home 85 points. Dang. And Joseph Adam had Logano and Elliott. Scored good on Elliott, but Logano let us down. Uh, he got 74 points there total. John Elliott had Hamlin and Keselowski. Very good point day for John uh, Elliott. Did you say John Elliott twice? Who was before John Elliott? Joseph Adams. Okay, I thought you said John Elliott twice. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so John Elliott, uh, Hamlin, Kozlowski, 97 points banked there. Oops. And then Daniel Cameron had Boyer and Logano. Logano again, letting us all down, uh, bringing home 61 points there. And Eddie, is it Greyer? Is that how we Greer? say it? Greer. Sorry, Eddie. E-D-D-I-E, Eddie? Yeah. E-G-3? Yeah. Kyle Busch and Truex scored 74 points. And for the third time in the last four weeks, Jessica Mueller selecting Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch scored 71 points. Hint, hint. I think he's saying change up your damn drivers. <laughs> you know, you can choose whoever, but make it a little fun. Choose the one you don't <laughs> typically choose. Is, is uh, Gaspin getting a little butt hurt there? I just want to make sure I beat her by a lot. <laughs> well, uh, you did outscore her on points this week. so Yeah, you go. All right, let me hear these damn standings. I'm All right. curious. So there wasn't a lot of change, only only two spots swapped. So I still have the lead, although I, I lost a sizable chunk of it. Uh, 474 points, I'm out in front. You are second, Gas Band, 457 points. Jessica Mueller's third, 442 points. John Elliott, 414 points in fourth. Daniel Cameron is slip notch he's back to six this week he was fifth previously he's six this week with 357 points jeff stainhook he becomes the new fifth spot he has 373 points joseph adams in seventh with 348 and eddie uh bringing up the last part there but he he missed a few weeks 204 points so he's he's uh slowly getting there getting yeah, those points yeah. back but uh, not a huge change, but we did see the points kind of get closer together. So yeah. we didn't see a lot of movement, but the points are definitely starting Yeah, and to... just a couple more races like this, and it'll be all kinds of influx and yeah. change. So yeah. if you have not played, join us. Play. Never know what's going to happen. So what's the difference in between me and you? Like 17 points? Yeah. 50, 60, not even. Yeah, yeah, about that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, you said you're like, oh, you're bragging a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So who's your picks this week? Actually, you picked last week. I'm gonna pick mine first this yeah, week. Yeah, go so, ahead. Man, no. This was tough. It is. I, I ran Texas, through a couple different options. I don't. Texas is. I mean, it's easy to pick the heavyweights that we've seen go to to victory lane already this year, right? But I don't know. Something inside of me is saying to go with Harvick. But man, he's just not been quite there with the speed, man. So, and we have not seen each other's picks. We have no idea who's going. I'm gonna go one. with Kyle Busch, of course, and Blaney. I'm not. Mm. I'm not giving up on Blaney. Mm. Blaney was like top five all of Martinsville. Man, he's got to put it together sooner or later. So I'm gonna go with Kyle Busch and Mr. Blaney. Who you got? All right, so again, I'm on the fence about like Truex, Bush, 
Harvick, Logano, Keselowski. I'm like, I, I, my head's spinning. I don't know what to go with. So I just decided. Stenhouse and. No, 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 no. Uh, so Harvick. Okay. And Logano. I think okay. Logano's going to bounce back from last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of those are going to be really strong picks, honestly. Uh, I almost went with Keselowski. I was thinking I mean, Keselowski Truex. And I was like, ah, oh, at the last minute, I talked myself yeah, out. Yeah, Truex, it could be too, man, but we haven't really seen him. He's, you know, been consistent and had good finishes, but he's not really been challenging for the lead a lot. So that's the only reason I didn't go with Truex either. So uh, fans, send us your weekly picks, and we'll see how Texas shakes yeah. out. WreckingRacing at gmail.com, WreckingRacing.com. DM, slide into our DMs on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. That's what the young millennials say now, right? Slide into my DMs. Do they? I think so. Okay. I've heard it somewhere. <laughs> Maybe you told me that one time. No? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you asked me to slide into your DMs. No. <laughs> anyway, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, Logs, I don't have anything else for our beautiful, wonderful fans. Do you? Nope. Sure All right. Uh, so, as always, fans, uh, thanks for listening. If you're going to be in Charlotte during the 600, let us know. We'll try and meet up with you, have a beer with you. Uh, we'll, we will be there. Excited, ecstatic. Oh, I know. Did you get your? Did you get your? Um, you know anything set up on that Legends race yet? To get, get, get a good, <laughs> no. uh, get I a mean, good stranglehold. I've on been it. ignored many times. <laughs> well, so I've tried posting it a couple. You, right? Yeah, I know exactly. It's like my dating life before I got married. So <laughs> even my married life. So I, I had reached out to several people and got no response. So. Well, damn. And same thing with driver interviews. I've been trying to reach out and got nothing right now. So, hmm. Yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Fun it's a times. Wonderful, wonderful world we live in. Fun times and podcast high. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Talk to you next week. And the checkered flag waves on this episode. Tune in next week to keep updated on all things NASCAR. Please like us on iTunes and follow us on Podbean. We'd like to hear from you, so reach out to us too at wreckingandracing at gmail.com. Thanks again and see you soon.